Hello everyone, this is Eva Norlick-Smith with Yoga You Online and I'm very pleased to be here today with yoga therapist Leela Stewart who is co-author with Donna Farhi of their new book Pathways to a Centered Body. Leela has been teaching yoga for more than 20 years and she is the founder of Centerpoint Yoga Therapy Studio near Vancouver, BC which has offered a 300-hour yoga therapy training for more than 15 years. Leela's background also includes a thousand-hour training in bodywork and massage, which has led to a special interest in experiential anatomy as it applies to yoga, as well as structural alignment and movement repatterning. As a teacher, Leela is known for her ability to create the condition for students to cultivate a somatic experience of the body. By developing a felt sense of living anatomy and the inherent wisdom of the body, students can apply this intelligence to their own healing process, Dila finds. By practicing yoga in this transformational way, the physical body can become the doorway to the deepest self and the philosophical teachings of yoga can become a daily lived practical experience. Welcome, Lila. So good to have you. I'm very happy to be here. So um, you have been teaching experiential anatomy for many years. Um, so tell us what is experiential anatomy and why is it important for yoga practitioners? Okay. I went to massage college over 25 years ago, and I was absolutely fascinated by anatomy and physiology. And then the year that I graduated, I was, I was introduced to experiential anatomy by someone who had studied with Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Because, and now I believe this even more strongly, that there's really no point in learning anatomy unless you can actually use it somehow in a functional way. Mm -hmm. And what I found over the years of, as a massage therapist and as I taught in my yoga therapy training and in my classes, that when people have the touchstone of their physical body, of the actual sensations that are real. Mm -hmm. So for example, if somebody has knee problems and they're taught to feel the joint of the knees, to visualize the, the femoral heads um, rolling backward and and gliding within the joint when they bend their knees, then it changed their movement and it mm -hmm. kept them safe. And so as I was teaching my training course, I was able to go through each part of the body and each system and come up with different practices, different techniques so that people would really have a somatic sense of these things. And of course, that builds kinesthetic intelligence. And when we're more intelligence, 
somatic, more intelligent somatically, then we're more in our body. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. embodied. And yeah. so, yeah. and so my, I, I have a wonderful movement teacher of the past 25 years and her favorite quote of mine is teaching people to be in their bodies is actually a radical political act. Because when people are in their bodies, you can't control them. Yeah, and I would, yeah, and I would add that when people are really embodied in their body, then they're present, they're available to reality, <laughs> and they, they tend to respond to the actual demand of the moment rather than from conditioned responses. Mm -hmm. So you're much more available. So as yoga teachers, I think it's very important to not just know two-dimensional anatomy, because that's important, but it remains a mental event. And with experiential anatomy, it's a non-intellectual felt experience and so it's processed by different parts of the brain and we end up having a somatic memory of something which Mm -hmm. is much stronger and longer it lasts a longer time and so when we learn experiential anatomy um, it becomes yoga therapy it becomes very therapeutic because when people understand the limitations of their structure, their own mm-hmm. individual structure, and generally in a particular joint, and they know how to capitalize on their capabilities, then everyone's much happier. And we don't have this epidemic of yoga injuries because people are listening to their bodies. And respecting them. Right, right. Yeah. So, so that's my long answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it sounds like you're saying that we all need a user's guide to the body. Absolutely. I, you know, I look at what's going on in the world when I watch the news, and I think if those people could just get in their body, then they would know what's true and what's not true and they would know when they're bsing and they would feel bad (laughs) (laughs) you know they would have if they were tuned into their bodies they would they would have a somatic response and then they would listen to that response but uh, you know a huge problem with our with our society is that we overrule overlook what our body is telling us and so we end up with an epidemic of obesity and and uh, diabetes and cardiovascular disease because we're missing all the signals that our body is sending us and it's sending them all the time right right yeah and you made reference to kinesthetic intelligence which of course is that capacity to sense what's happening in the body and just a simple thing like knowing when you're full, when you're eating enough, and yeah. knowing when you're uh, you should stop eating, which I think um, you know 
for many people is a challenge to lost touch with you know the natural symptoms or signs of when you're full and yeah. some, something that many people also experience when they start practicing yoga regularly that they have much more of that natural self-regulating feeling of how much yes. enough Yes, I like to say that awareness is awareness is awareness. And when we start with the physical awareness, the body awareness, and we do that because it seems to be the easiest entry point for a lot of people, then the awareness that we develop there translates into our other koshas, our other aspects. Mm. So when we start to feel our feet on the ground, for example, and we can touch base with that as a, um, as a touchstone when somebody is yelling at us, then it's a really easy way to self-regulate besides the breath. I mean, the breath is, is a great way to self-regulate, but sometimes when we're in the moment, the breath gets all away from us. Mm. yeah mm. yeah interesting yeah so i so i see yeah. the teaching of experiential anatomy gives us a number of touchstones in our body um that we can when we practice on the mat and when we practice in class then when we really need those touchstones in a sticky situation they're there right right yeah 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 um the way you're talking about it i mean when we say experiential anatomy we're thinking about the physical body um, but the way you're talking about it it seems like you're not just saying okay we, we focus our practice around anatomy there's more to it it's not just limiting our perspective to the physical part of our being yeah it's because we are multi-dimensional beings mm -hmm. and we know that every layer of our being affects every other layer of our being. Mm -hmm. So when we don't have good sleep, it, it can affect how we stand or it can affect our, our perception of what's going on. Or if we uh, have an attitude of victim or self-negation, then that's going to be reflected in our stance. There's mm -hmm. even been some uh, an interesting study done on angry stance you know different stances and uh, yeah and so when whenever like there's so many different entry points but the physical is really the entry point to understand ourselves in a much deeper and more comprehensive multi-dimensional way and mm -hmm. um, i, I I understand that in the ancient languages like Sanskrit and Aramaic, when a word was spoken, people understood that it had multidimensional meanings. Mm -hmm. So for example, when somebody said the word breath, it, they also understood that it meant spirit and that it meant inspiration. Mm -hmm. so, so we've lost that. And right. what I love about yoga therapy, working with the Koshik model, is that we get to bring that back and people get themselves back. Right, because we, right. live in, we live in a society of such separation and, and working with experiential anatomy from a Koshik perspective, then 
allows us to know ourselves better, which is what yoga is all about. You know, the ancient directive is know thyself. Right, right. Yeah. 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 I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate about this <laughs> because I see you know, I see in classes and I see in my in my private sessions that so often what's going on physically is not really physical. And yeah, so so yes, we might we might start with some physical movement, but it's it's together with awareness of breath or awareness of mental movement. So that's why the the yogic tools like mantra or um, meditation or seva can be so powerful because they are working on the physical. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you one example. One of my students came to me after class one day and she said she had fibromyalgia, very painful condition. And she said, or this was actually a couple of weeks after the class, and she said, you know, the class that helped my pain the most was the one we did on forgiveness. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. So so every part of the body is associated with some particular aspect of being human. Mm-hmm. So for example, the arms and the shoulders for me are about um, giving and receiving. So reaching out or not being able to reach out or um not wanting to punch someone and not and not doing that so that impulse gets frozen mm-hmm. or um the you know the legs and the pelvis have to do with grounding that so every part of the body has some sort of human issue associated with it mm. yeah, yeah yeah interesting yeah. and and you usually when you teach experimental anatomy you start from the ground up uh, with the feet Yes. Uh, which is the part of the body that we hardly ever give any attention to unless, of course, if we get hammer toes or bunions yeah. or whatever and they hurt. Yeah. Um, but you are saying that we need to pay more attention. I mean, if you start the course with the feet, you must be feeling they're an important part of the body. Yeah, I didn't always start my training with the feet. I used to start with the pelvis because I really thought that that was the big, the main deal. <laughs> but over time, I realized that if the feet aren't meeting the ground in a in a balanced way, then the pelvis is going to be out of alignment. Interesting. And, yeah, yeah. And so just like each kosha affects every other kosha, each part of the body is connected mm-hmm. and affects other parts. So the way that we meet the ground through the feet patterns what happens in the rest of the body. So mm-hmm. if, if there's a lack of support from below, then the body has to go through all different kinds of compensations in order to keep the eyes level with the horizon. Mm-hmm. which is the primary directive. It's that's the, the writing reflex. And mm-hmm. so it will distort the body in any way, the spine, the pelvis, all different parts um, in order to keep that 
those eyes level with the horizon. So the way we meet the ground not only patterns our physical structure, and there's a whole lot of compensations that happen as a result of that, because when muscles are asked to perform the function of the bones, mm -hmm. i.e. to to um, to be the structural component, then they start acting like bones and they become very tense and dense mm. and, and hard and rigid. Right. And yeah, and what often happens when the relationship to the ground is lost is that people feel like they have to hold themselves up. And so there's a lot of tension in the neck, the shoulders, the jaw. Mm. And of course, then that tension affects our physiology. Mm. So our digestion might not be so good or our heart doesn't get its proper excursioning mm. uh, because the chest is, is held really tightly or so it's every, everything is connected to everything for sure. Right, right. <laughs> and and when we yeah, and when we don't meet the ground with what I call gravitational harmony, and the the weight of the body is not distributed equally through the foot triangles, which I talk about in this program, then there that also affects our psychological footing. Mm. Right. When we feel firmly grounded, then we tend to have potency, we tend to have that vitality and that ability to be present and all of those things I was mentioning before. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, on the note of the feet, there is um, um, a common instruction that every yoga teacher learns, but uh, most may not know why <laughs> in the internatadasana we are grounding uh, through the four corners of the feet or some people talk about the foot tri triangle instead of the four corners. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's an instruction everyone learns but not that many people really understand. So what's the significance of that cue? Okay, I'm going to try and be really diplomatic here. <laughs> okay. I never learned that instruction. Okay. And what I learned when I was in massage school is that the weight of the upper body is transferred into the ground through three points in the foot. The, the front of the heel, the first, meta, the first metatarsal joint, and the fifth metatarsal joint. So the the mm -hmm. balls of the first and the fifth metatarsal joints. So all of the weight from the upper body goes through the ankle joint and into, and then passes through to the ground, through the talus bone, through the calcaneus or the heel bone into the ground, and then is spread forward to those two points. Mm -hmm. And that's an anatomical reality. And in fact, if you go further up the body, the pelvis has three bones. Each one of those bones forms one third of the hip socket. So the hip socket is receiving weight from the upper body, one third from the ilia, one third from the pubic bone, one third from the ischium. And then that weight travels down the leg. And then you look at the tibia and it's a triangular bone. Hmm, interesting. It's, yeah, and so when when you 
give the cue about the four corners of the feet, it's not actually anatomically correct mm. because we have because we have all of those threes and the triangle is the most stable and efficient shape in nature mm -hmm. and the celestial design committee was pretty smart <laughs> <laughs> i think so so it designed our feet to receive weight that way right. and um when people do the practice of the foot triangles then they start to really get that in their body and you see the foot each foot triangle point is connected to like if you did a cross section of the leg and uh, cut it in like a pie into thirds then the musculature is divided more into three we've got the we've got the side a little bit in the front a little bit in the back we've got the front and a little bit to the side and then we've got the the back part and so each foot triangle point is associated with one third of the leg with one pelvic bone with one or more um uh core muscles and also with the with the myofascial line so everything really lines up and when you start to use that kinesthetic intelligence then it really changes how you are in your postures and how mm -hmm. you are in your everyday life so if you're bend, yeah if you're bending forward to pick something up from the ground and you stay in your foot triangles then you're not going to hurt your back mm -hmm. right right yeah or if you're in your foot triangles in warrior two you will never lose <laughs> the foundation of the back foot right right yeah 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 so so i i, I i'm not even sure where that four corners came from right you know if um, we traced back the history of that but the foot triangle anatomical reality has been recognized uh, I don't know, probably since people started looking at anatomy and yeah. gravity. Yeah. My, my guess is that it's to balance the weight from front to back, inside, outside, and the inside, yeah. outside is pronation, supination, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's where you get that balance from left to right as well. Um, yeah. And some people would probably argue if you're just doing the foot triangle with the heel and the two front points, you're balancing from front to back, but not from left to right. Oh no, side to side for sure, because the, the two metatarsal joints, first and fifth, if you're firmly established in them, then you're in balance uh, uh, transversely. Right, right, that's and then, true. Yeah, and then what's interesting when people start working with the foot triangles, they start to become aware of what their own habits are. Mm -hmm. So most people will either under rely or over rely on one or more particular points. So for example, people who pronate are going to be over relying on the big toe joint and under relying mm -hmm. on the little toe point, And right. the heel point is going to be skewed a little bit toward the midline. Mm. And so working with the foot triangles 
is it's easy. Mm-hmm. And you can do it in any, you can do it anywhere. I have people doing fo- the foot triangle work in the standing in line at the bank or <laughs> waiting, in, waiting in the doctor's office because when we build that awareness physically, like I was saying, it, it, it affects our psychological footing and our ability to be more seated in ourself. Mm, and, it's anato- and it's anatomically true. Right, right. The four, the four corners of the foot, it doesn't have any anatomical correlation right, except right. for the superficial muscles. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And if Very you want to be a superficial person, <laughs> then, you know, work more superficially. Right, <laughs> if you right. Want, yeah, if you want to be a deeper person, more seated in yourself, then go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, as you were talking about this connection between what's going on in the feet and uh, the rest of our body and our degree of groundedness and presence, um, it reminded me of this quote I really liked from your bio, so I'm just going to read it. Um, It says, as a teacher, Dila creates the conditions for students to cultivate a somatic experience of parts and systems of the body and developmental movement patterns by developing a felt sense of living anatomy and inherent body wisdom, students can apply this intelligence to their own healing process. By by practicing yoga in this transformational way, the physical body becomes a doorway to the deepest self and the philosophical teachings of yoga can become a daily lived experience. That's very beautiful and also um, a big description, a tall order, um, a, a, a very ambitious goal, but you feel that's what happens as we begin to practice with this awareness, Ab- great awareness. Yeah. Absolutely. I've seen it now. I've been teaching for almost 25 years. Well, or maybe more, I'm not sure now. Um, I have seen it over and over and over and over again. What a lot of people say is they they come to the classes for something physical and they stay for the Mm non-physical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because that's really what I think our task is as yoga teachers is to steer people toward an experience of their wholeness because somehow they've become separated from that. Mm-hmm. And so have we as teachers. And so we teach what we need to learn. Right, right. And so the more, the more we can uh, get a sense of our own wholeness and, and the, tool, the main tool that I use for that is experiential anatomy, then the more seated in the self we are and the more connected we are to ourself, to others, and to that which is greater than us. We, ha- we make room for it. Mm-hmm. We make room for all of that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, Lila, we're also very excited because you have a course on Yoga You and Experiential Anatomy with special focus on uh, what grounds us in yes. our body and in life, defeats. Uh, tell us about the course and what you're covering. Okay. Sometimes I think that if lack of awareness was a pathology, 
just about everyone in the world would have that pathology. Right. <laughs> and I in a, a conversation we had a little while ago, you you had you had said that the feet are not very is are not a very sexy topic. <laughs> <laughs> but really, if people knew how the way that they meet the ground, how they relate to gravity through the ground and then mediate the counter thrust of gravity, how important that is to all of these other levels, not just the physical, but all of them, mm -hmm. then they would pay more attention to their feet. Right. And I have a habit of observing whenever I'm out, I look at how people are walking. <laughs> you know, I'm always doing assessment <laughs> and I, see over and over and over again how people are not actually walking on the ground in a connected way and so in this course the main gist of it i guess is to explore what does that actually mean to have a stable foundation both physically and on other levels and what does that actually mean to be able to stand on your own two feet metaphorically and mm -hmm. physically mm -hmm. and the course is about well how do we get there so in the lecture slide presentation we look at the two-dimensional anatomy and some of the concepts and the principles that we then take into practice take into the body uh, in a somatic way um, in the two practice videos and the foot triangle work is something that I have developed over many years and refined mm -hmm. it and uh, changed it and realized the connections with other parts of the body. And, uh, and so although I don't go into great detail in the practice video, at least there's an introduction and people will learn how to use the awareness of the foot triangles in yoga poses mm. and we also look a little bit at uh, the koshas because for me the koshas are a foundational part okay. uh, understanding of um, of yoga therapy yeah and we also look mm. at some pathologies and um, and the anatomy, the fascinating anatomy of this foot that is so tiny compared to the rest of us, mm -hmm. contains a quarter of all the bones in our body and, yeah. and has this amazingly intricate and complex architecture to allow us to both have stability when we need it in the foot and mobility. Right. So the foot, yeah. the foot is one of the... Um, structures in the body that really equally balances these two uh, these two abilities and of course yogically we're looking at sukha ease and stira st steadiness and that's really um, exemplified in the feet so we look at that how do we how do we pattern mobility in our feet how do we pattern stability just by understanding and feeling the anatomy Mm. Beautiful, Lilas. I hope Thank it you. becomes sec a sexier topic. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, everything is a sexy topic as long as you can appreciate what it really does, right? True. And very it, true. it sounds like we will all be big fans of the feet after this course. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. We're, we're very much looking forward to the course. And thanks for joining us today and sharing of your amazing insights. Uh, it's wonderful to have someone who has such a personally intuitive feeling of the topic. It's clear that it's not just coming from something you learned. It's a lived experience. Yeah. And that's what, that's my aim for the world is to have more of a lived somatic experience. Right. It's, been, it's right. been my pleasure to talk to you and uh, thanks so much for inviting me. Great to have you, Leela. And uh, we look forward to your course. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.